0: of Zion,
1: sing your praises
0: to the Lord of all, the God most high. Jesus has won the victory when he shed his blood for me. Jesus has won the victory. Jesus has won my victory when he shed his blood for me. Jesus has won the victory. i the
2: Don't go anywhere. Stay right where you are. We're going to keep worshiping. I'm, I am worshiping. <laughs> All I had to do was step up here and I got wrecked. Ooh. I wonder if I could sing announcements. but they're all part of God growing his kingdom pay attention now don't
3: Chris, good job. I want to tell you guys a testimony we heard. Well, first go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13 and 14. Keep playing for a moment. And um, Speaking of the book of Acts, hey, Joshua, get this. You haven't heard this. We're living in now the second book of Acts. I'm telling you, we heard at the Harvest Fest, I don't know if you guys heard this, but in northern Pakistan, they had a crusade recently. This, now this almost sounds almost impossible. 300,000 people came to Jesus Christ at this crusade in Northern Pakistan. Not 30,000, 300,000. And get this, three resurrections from the dead. There was a 12 year old boy and then they actually caught one of the men on camera. You can go and you can see it. And you can tell by just looking at the camera, he's dead as a doornail. There's no life. He's a different color. And they're praying, and he rises up And his <laughs> You got to see it to believe it. But I believe, you know, because Jesus said it. He said, go do that kind of stuff. And we got to walk in that kind of faith, that kind of belief. No more room for people unbelief is not going to cut it anymore. We got to all of a sudden get a lot of belief inside of us. Does it make sense to you? The times are going to demand it. The wimps will fall out. The warriors will rise up. And there's a warrior living in all of us. His name is Jesus. It's because many of us feel like, can I make can I make it, God? Lord, you may lose your job or something horrible happens and, Lord, can I make it? Absolutely, you can make it. Because the work he began in you, he's going to complete it. He's going to perfect that which concerns his people and his church. And these are amazing times. I want to pray. Then I want to get in the Word. I feel like, and I knew the numbers might be down with all the rain. They're not down on the Internet. If you're watching by web stream, we're really glad you're with us. Uh, This is going to be really important time. Life decisions will be made. You know, with every decision, there comes choices and consequences. From here on out, every decision made outside of the counsel of heaven and the will of God, there are great consequences. And so we have to seek the Lord. Remember, and we hear this all the time, if you've been a part of Morningstar, Rick really emphasizes this. David, the psalmist David, I wanted to be this David too, but one of the successes was he inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. He just kept on inquiring of the Lord. We have to inquire of Him. But um, we're being positioned right now for the days to come. There's a divine acceleration. That was another word that came forth at the Harvest Fest. Just recently, there's an acceleration line of demarcation things are happening now unheard of in history we just maybe all can't see them yet but we will and uh, so lord we just thank you for this morning no one is here by accident no one's watching by accident lord let this be a day unlike any other we invite you holy spirit lord we don't want to have church we want to have you we want to see you we want to hear you lord you said yourself not everyone is going to hear In this hour, most are going to follow a strong delusion. But you said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, every individual, just draw a circle around us, God, as if we were the only one in this room this morning. Help us hear the Word, the living Word, and respond in faith. We thank you. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for breaking stuff, Lord. Thank you for reminding us it's the anointing, it's your presence, your manifest presence. Lord, we have a feeling the systems of men are going to come crashing down, but the anointing will increase for those that are seeking you, seeking heaven. And that's where we are, Lord. Everyone in this room, we want you. Just say, I want you, Lord. I want you above all. I want you above all, Lord. We thank you. And if you mean that, he's going to give you himself. Good trade off, isn't it? Ours for his. How many of you like that trade off? Our junk for his glory. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pretty good. Thank you so much for playing. Amen. I want to tell you a story, then I'm going to jump into Acts 13, and then we're going to go into uh, some things that Jeremiah began last week. I really do appreciate that young man. I say young man because he is, to me, he's a young man. But I appreciate the integrity of, the, of his heart, the character. And, and I did, really. I asked Chris, Chris, why did you tell Jeremiah all the stuff about going on around here? I didn't tell him anything is what he said. And that was really, really, we really appreciate the Lord sending him. And he'll come back and be with us as well. But I'll tell you a story. When I was a little boy not too long ago, Right, Wayne, it wasn't that long ago, we were little boys, but I lived at eleven twenty-eight West Eighth Street. It was the first house that I really remember a lot about. Now I had one house earlier, but the only house I remember before that, I don't remember the street, but I do remember one event. I blessed my mom. I get the first gift that I can remember giving to my mom, I was probably three, four years old, somewhere in there. The guy that lived next to us made these necklaces made out of lizards. He had, a, he had a way to do that, and I remember he taught me how. That somehow the lizard would bite into the other lizard's tail or something, and we would tie them up, and we made a, 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 uh, a necklace. And I remember a little four-year-old boy knocking on the whatever. I got to the door. Mom, I got a present for you. And when she saw the lizard necklace, she was taken back, and that's what she said. Take them back. Take them back. What do you think you're doing? I remember I was offended. As a little boy, I thought, oh, my mom don't like my gift, and had to undo that. But anyway, it was at the other house I remember most of the stuff. I remember that's where I preached to my puppy under the porch as a little boy. My puppy was going to heaven, like it or not. I wanted to see my puppy again, and I was preaching to the puppy, You shall be saved. You hear that? And then anyway, that was a different thing. But we had a fence, and I wrote about this recently in our backyard, a white picket fence. And the challenge was, among my neighborhood guys, we'd walk, we'd try to walk just enough room. When you're a little guy, your feet aren't as big, so you could walk along, and you'd try to make it all around. You know what I'm talking about? The entire backyard. Rare would you ever make it. A lot of times, I'd bypass the right and the back and just go to the left because that's where the plum trees were, and we had plums. How many of you remember, did you have plums up in your part of the woods, and we'd eat yeah, I liked them when they were yellow, but I wouldn't wait. I'd get them green, and we'd climb up there until the hurricane came through and knocked down my plum trees. Those plumbing-blaming hurricanes took them down. But anyway, we would try to make it, and, and, but most times you'd fall off or jump off or your friend would come along and push you off, you know, but you'd have to fall on one side or the other. That's what's happening in this hour, folks. Have you noticed? The whole world is lining up on one side or the other. Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said, either you're going to be for me or you're against me. No man will serve two masters. He will cling to the one and hate the other, hate the one and cling to the other, one or the other. And I'm going to show you this. Look in Acts chapter 13 as we just begin, okay? Stay with me. Don't daydream. This could be the most important morning of your life. I really feel that. And uh, I don't always feel that way, but who cares what you feel like, right, Rick? You just get up and go for it. But I believe this is a very vital time, and so many things are happening. But in uh, verse 42 of Acts 13, they're in Antioch, and that's where they first became known as what? Christians. That's where they were first called Christians, in Antioch. And then it said that... uh, that Paul was speaking to them in verse 43, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Remember that. Mark that. Underline that. And then in verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. So the, the Jews, he came to his own, His own received him not. And here also the Jews would not accept the gospel. They rejected it. And then in verse 48, we know this was the entrance. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. And as many as had been appointed to eternal eternal life believed. So the Jews rejected the Gentiles. The door was open to the Gentiles. And then over and back. And by the way, that door is going to close someday too. But anyway, then he goes to Iconium, then Lystra, where they tried to stone him, all these kind of things, and Derbe, where they really went after him, drug him off, thought he would be dead. But, But look in verse 16 in chapter 14. It says, "...who in generations past allowed all nations to walk in their own ways." and it's like there was a line of demarcation. He said, "I've allowed nations to go their own way, but this is it. Either you're going to follow me or reject me." But then in verse, let's skip down to verse uh, 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, many made many disciples. They returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch. Watch this. Strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith. Now, he just told them, continue in the grace of God. Here he tells them, continue in the faith. Why did he tell them that? Because some of them may not continue in the faith. That's why he went back to strengthen the souls of the disciples. He said, you must continue in the faith, saying, now watch this, we must, through many tribulations, say tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. And that's, I'm telling you, is a word for this hour. If I know anything, the kingdom of God is coming on the earth. It is on the increase. But in the midst of the kingdom coming, guess what else is coming? Great tribulations. Great tribulations. Some of us might, like my mom, you might be taken back by what comes your way. You, it won't work if you say, take them back. It ain't going to work. We're living in a God-appointed, ordained time. Stuff has already been happening. We had noticed. There's already been a great separating of the sheep and the goat and the wheat and the tares. It's going to only increase. But there's stuff been happening. Do you remember Jesus in the parable of the kingdom? He preached to a bunch of folks, invited them to the wedding feast. They wouldn't come. They didn't listen. They were doing their own thing. And they didn't come. He said, Jesus said, leave them alone. You go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in that my house might be full. Those who were invited, he said, were not worthy. And we're living. I'm telling you, if we could just somehow, if God would open our eyes, the Scriptures are coming alive today like unbelievable. We're living in this time, in an amazing time. Now, I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 24. Jeremiah did a, he spoke last week on the days of Noah, but he never really spoke on the days of Noah. He spoke on the days of Moravian Falls. Um, He really read our number. It was an amazing time. It was God-ordained. He was really sent. And he did talk a little bit about the days of Noah. He told us to cry out for understanding. Remember that. We better have understanding. If you don't have understanding, you Oh, it's going to be, you ain't going to make it. I'm just telling you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. The gospel is the gospel. Jesus isn't going to change it for you. And um, if any man come after me, he's got to deny himself daily. It's the only way. But anyway, Matthew chapter 24, and um, see if I can get all this down without staying too close to my notes. I want to preach out of the Spirit, but I've got a lot to say. So don't leave me until I leave. Is that okay? Everybody okay with that? If anybody gets up and walks out, I'm gonna no, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm gonna preach on. But listen, now look at that. I want to show you a couple things. Think about it. Verse 36 of 24, Matthew 24. See if you can point out something. You should underline them. You should have a Bible, a real hard copy of a Bible, I'm telling you. You may wish you had one in the days to come. But look in verse 36. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. We know that speaking about the literal return, the second coming of Jesus. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour, but we can know the season, right? So look what he says. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. B, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Can I just tell you something? The first thing God told me when I became the pastor here almost eight years ago, he said, build the ark. I didn't know exactly what it meant. I know a little bit more now. And it's not just about how this building looks like an ark. It's much more than that. Much more, getting people ready. In Christ, the only safe place is in Christ. All right, look, it says they did not know. That means understand until the flood came and took them all away. So they also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now watch verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken in two. Therefore, you also be ready. Say, be ready. Be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. And I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time to be ready, for whatever happens, it is right today. How many of you know that? Be ready. Be ready. If you're listening to heaven, getting your orders from heaven, following the dictates of heaven, you'll be ready. If Jesus is your Lord, you're taking up your cross daily, you'll be ready. And it's really a serious time. Now, just look at some of the things about the days of Noah. Just to recap. First of all, they're the words of red. They're in red. Jesus talked about them. They are important, or he would not have have said this. Very important. Also, while no one knows the day or the hour, we can know the seasons, right? Do you know what's going to happen today? Now, we won't get to see it, unfortunately, because of the clouds. But how many of you know what's happening today? The supermoon and the blood red moon on the same night, on the day of the, the Jewish feast. It's an incredible season. And Genesis tells us the signs in the heavens are signals. They're signals to the earth of the times in which we're living. And these are the days, and so we need to pay attention to signs. If you're driving down the highway and you don't pay attention to the signs, you're either going to go over the speed limit or you, you're going to miss your exit. You're going to go the wrong way. You've got to pay attention. Pay attention to the signs. Now, we won't be able to see through the clouds. So what? We can look on the Internet and see the blood red moon. We'll figure it out. But it's not about whether we see it with these eyes or not. You know that many people have eyes they can't see, many have ears they cannot hear. Jesus said that. There are those who have ears, they cannot hear what He's saying in this hour for a host of reasons. Anyway, then the, the days will parallel, the days of Noah will parallel, parallel the days of now. I heard, I saw on the internet someone entitled a message. It's not me, but he did. He said, The Days of Noah and the Days of Now. I thought, that's a great title. Do you remember one thing that we learned when we watched that video, Light Winds, about the days of Noah? Do you remember? That according to the Talmud, Jewish literature, there was only one other time in history where Gays were legally married, or homosexual marriage. Men with men, women with women. There have been homosexuals at various times, but there's only one time in history where the government actually sanctioned it. It was not Rome. It was not Babylon. You remember what it says in the Talmud? We talked about it. It says, as in the days of Noah. That gives us another sign. We're living in incredible times. Well, also, you look at this, life was normal. People were marrying and giving in marriage. You study it out. If you read the book of Enoch, now we have a paraphrase of the book of Enoch. This was not brought into the Scripture, so it's, it's not, you know, anointed, appointed, but it's a book, the book of Enoch, and you can get history from it. And you read about these giants were on the earth. No, actually, they were the result of the, the sons of God, angels, Coming down to the earth, having relationships with the daughters of men. And giants were born on the earth. And you can read about it in the book of Enoch if you can handle it. That's part of the reason why God destroyed the earth. Could have been how the pyramids got here. I don't know about all that stuff. But there were some strange things going on in the days of Noah. Demons were on the earth. Guess what today? Guess what? There are demons on the earth. Big ones. You better have a big Jesus. It's going to be known whether you have the real thing or you've got to make-believe in this hour. You won't be able to stand against what's on this earth in this hour without Jesus. But if you have Jesus, not only will you stand against it, you will overcome it. Because he's coming for overcomers. He that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me. That's why there are not going to be a lot of overcomers. There will be a lot of religious people. The overcoming crowd is not going to be as much. Now, we're going to believe there'll be a last-day harvest, an 11th-hour, 12th-hour harvest. It's going to sweep the earth, and we're getting ready for it. We're going to be a part of it. 300,000 in Pakistan, in one, whatever, how many gatherings that took, that's amazing. First of all, and then also they did not have understanding. They didn't know. It came upon them unexpectedly. Noah held up a standard of righteousness for 120 years with little results. Could you, can you imagine preaching for 120 years? Nobody gets saved. Nobody comes except his family. They were a captive audience. And then if you notice also, this is really interesting, in verse 40, who was left and who was taken? We've always, we were brought up the wrong way on this because it's as in the days of Noah. Noah. In in Noah's day, who was taken? The wicked. Who was left? The righteous. Okay, then verse 40, it doesn't mean what they told us. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. It's not the rapture. One will be taken. The wicked will be taken. The righteous will inherit the earth in the context of Scripture. How did we miss that? It's pretty obvious. Did you know where the rapture came from? How many of you know where it came from? It was a a vision. The church believed that we would go through the tribulation up until the year 1830. And this lady by the name of Margaret McDonald had a supernatural encounter. She said it was heaven and about a rapture. And so it began, it became popular after that. But before that, you tried to talk to... Let me. If you try to talk to New Testament believers as to whether they would go through the tribulation or not, it was not an issue. Now, I heard when I found this out years I don't know, it's been a number of years now. I, the one I heard it from said, that will be the false prophets in the last days. I'm not willing to go that far because I know some good guys that believe that. I don't want to go that far. It doesn't matter. The key is, be ready. And if we're all wrong and, and we're out of here by midnight, you want to be ready regardless. You don't want to be taken back when the Lord shows up at your door because he's coming. In fact, verse I don't know how we miss this. But look in verse 29 of Matthew 24. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon and all this. Verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And all this will happen. I'm telling you, I wonder how we missed that. Now, I want to go back to verse 14. Everybody with me? Say, I'm with you. We're trying our best to strengthen the souls of the saints, reminding you, continue in the grace of God, continue in the faith, because there may be many tribulations on the earth, so it doesn't matter. Your God is greater. Be strong, be bold, be confident. God will finish what he started. Don't fall away. I'm going to show you a scripture right at the end. It really makes more sense to me than it ever has. A great falling away, and the man of sin is going to be revealed. I I wonder, is he on the earth? I'm telling you, stuff's happening today prophetically lightning fast. Just because you wear a white robe, I don't want to get ahead of myself, doesn't mean you're sent from heaven. I'm just going to, I better stick to the subject here. (laughs) Folks, the whole thing Jesus said, have understanding. Most of the world is not going to understand the thing. We are the ones that are supposed to give a reason for the hope that we have. Now, this is really exciting. Verse 14, this is what we're living for. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness To all the nation, that means evidence given, supernatural. It happened in Pakistan. Pakistan saw the dead raised. They saw the supernatural power of God as a witness, and many came to Christ. 300,000. It's going to happen all over the world. Every nation, and then the end will come. Now, we live for that, don't we? I know that. That's the kingdom. I'm going to tell you later, but last Sunday night, I got a chance to spend time with my earliest mentor, in the Spirit, Jack Taylor. I was a good Southern Baptist boy minding my own business. And somebody gave me some tapes by Jack Taylor on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I listened to those tapes, and I I want it. And I remember kneeling down by my couch, said, oh, God, I never heard this stuff before. But Lord, whatever it means, I want it. And guess what happened? I got it. I just didn't know it. Because I didn't have the framework. I didn't have the mentality. I didn't have any. I didn't know. I was taken back is what it was. But I didn't want God to take this back because it over, I started realizing what had happened and things started being added and it was just an incredible journey. I got to spend time with him. And guess what? He's going to be, you know what he asked me? Can I just be real? He said, who's your father? Huh? I am a father now. I mean, I, I, got, I should he have a lot of sons. But he said, who's your father? And so I, Jack Taylor's going to get to be my spiritual father. He's 82 years old. I'm going I'm to spend time with him. He's, he's, the, he's the reason he messed me all up from being a Baptist. I mean, he, it was his fault. <laughs> he's the guy. Anyway, I could tell you a lot more about those days, incredible days. I was so hungry for the Word. I used to go to these conferences with Milton Green. I've told you about it. And I'd, all Milton Green did was read the Scripture. He'd just read it from verse, and it's like fire out of the Bible would just whoosh, It's like, you know, the, book, the movie Moses, the Ten Commandments. And fire would fly through the sky out of his mouth and just explode in my heart. It was a season of time the Word was just, it was like a fire. That's why it's still there. It's a fire in my bones. And I, I, I'm telling you, i let it out. I can't hold it in. But anyway, I want to get to the subject. Stay with me. What time is it? These glasses, i got to throw these away. I can't see very far. They're blurry. It's just craziest thing. I thought glasses were supposed to make things better. Get rid of those glasses. How much do we spend on those things? Throw them away. Though i have to get them again in a minute here, but... It's some kind of a, way, a strange phenomena taking place here. Chris looked like he's in orbit or something back there. Yes, he might be. All right, now here, here's what I want to do because I'm going to try to do it quickly. It's like 25 till. We're going to make it's going to be really good. Say with me, verse 14 is glorious. Say glorious. glorious. But guess what? To get to verse 14, you got to go through verse 13. This is what I felt like the Lord said, go backwards. So let's go to verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So only those that endure are going to be a part of an end-time presentation of the glorious gospel of the kingdom. Now, well, that's good. But what about, what do you have to endure? Well, go back in verse 12, lawlessness. Well, there it is. The love of many will do what? Grow or wax cold. Does anybody see any of that happening today? You don't want to be lukewarm in this hour. Don't be lukewarm. It's time to be on fire, I'm telling you. So we got to deal with lawlessness. Then in verse 11, you had to go to verse. back up. False prophets will rise up and do what? Deceive many. I don't care. I said it earlier. They could be wearing a white robe, or they could live in a white house. If they don't say what God has to say, they are of a different spirit, a different gospel. That's where I'm going to get to here. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but it's all right. And then in in verse 10, well, okay, now is pretty cool, false prophets. Verse 10, and then that many will be offended and will betray one another, and they'll hate one another. Can I just tell you there's been all kinds of offenses? Folks falling away because they were offended. They're fulfilling the Scripture. Jesus, remember there, the words are read. Verse 9. Now here's a real exciting one. You may want to underline this one. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. How many of you want to claim that? That's what thus saith the Lord. Jesus, who said this? Jesus. All right, back up. Well, then, verse 8, he just reminds us in the midst, hey, hey guys, it's just the beginning of sorrows. So you got to go back and look, well, what's, what happened before that? Famine, pestilence, earthquake, nation against nation. In other words, war. I don't know if I need to get into it right now, but I had a powerful encounter, a dream. I saw war. I'm going to save it for a later date because I'm still, Lord, what does it exactly mean what I saw? But I saw it. and the, But even if I hadn't seen it, Jesus said it would happen. There will be wars. But then he's, what did he say? Be not what? Trouble. The end is not yet. you got to go back all the way through those scriptures. But then if you back up before that, the first thing he says, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So, right there, deception is going to be one of the marks of the last days. How many of you know that? The word deception means to roam from safety or from the truth. We want to stay on the path. Do not be deceived. There's going to be great deception. We got to get past it all so we can get to verse 14. This great harvest, then the end will come, right? But in the midst there'll be great tribulation. Wow. You get to come to church to hear about that. But Jesus already said it. He said, in this life, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I want to look at about five areas of deception, and it won't take very long, but I want to go over it because it really is happening right now in America. It's been happening. It's happening across the earth. We got to be aware. It's what the scripture says. Five areas in the scripture that we must avoid of deception. And the first one, look in verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me, for I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, say another Jesus. How many of you knew that was in there? You should underline that, circle it. Another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit. How many that, it. Preached, a different spirit. Say, say a different spirit which you've not received, or a different, what? Gospel. Gospel. Another Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel. Then if you look over in verse 13, he talks about, uh, or verse 12, "But, but what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity. He's talking about true and false apostleship, but he says in verse 13, for such as are false, what? Apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Now, we need to point out something here in just a moment. But we got to know our master's voice. You got to know the shepherd's voice in this hour. Therefore, it is of no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. But they're false. They're false apostles, false ministers. And then if you look over in verse 26, Paul's talking about all the things he went through, the beatings, the perils, robbers of his own countrymen and from the Gentiles. Perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea. And then he said, in perils, in verse 26, among False what? Brethren. Now, that's what I want to look at. A false Jesus, a different God spirit, another gospel, false apostles, and then false brethren. Just really quickly, because you've got to be aware of this. There is going to be another Jesus that often will come and speak to us. It's not the real one. You better know the real one. You've got to know the difference. Jesus said, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. They may not come on national television, and they may. They may just come to your mind. They may speak to you. I am Jesus, follow me. I don't know, but I'm telling you, they're coming. Now, this means two things. Jesus said they will say, I am the Christ. That can mean they will say, I, Jesus, am the Christ. Or they will say themselves, I am the Christ. Regardless, don't follow them. you got to know your master. There will be false Christs. Chapter 24 of Matthew, 24, he says there will be false prophets and false Christs. And we better know the real one. There's a church that's forming right now that is of a different Jesus. It's of the world church. It's an amazing, well, I'm so glad we get to live in these days. Listen, our Jesus is the one who lived a sinless life. And he died and he rose from the dead. He is the Son of God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. They're going to come. People will come and say there are many ways to heaven. I'm telling you, they are liars. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus, the Son of the living God. And we better know that. And we better stand on it because there are going to be trials come your way. If you stand in that he's the only way, you're going to be of the minority very soon. Does that make sense? Because when this world church forms, oh, there are going to be many ways. Many ways. They're all paths. They're not all paths. They all, I take that back, they all are paths. It's just where they lead. There's only one that leads to heaven. and Now we know that. Then there's going to be a different spirit. Listen to this in 1 John. How are you going to tell the difference? A different spirit. I mean, surely if it makes me tingle, makes goosebumps, it's got to be the Holy Spirit, right? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, that he was God the Son, and he died and came as man, rose from the dead. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is now already in the world. Say he's already here. Now the Scripture points out that Jesus was all man, but what else was he? He was all God. All man, all God. He was God. And then he says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. That's one way you'll know if you got the real thing, if the one living inside of you is greater than the one living in the world. If the one living in the world always is overcoming you, you better check and see if you have the real Jesus. Our Jesus is greater than every demon, every force, every power. Every sickness. Jesus is king over every other false whatever. You know what I'm talking about? You got the real one. If you don't have the real one, you got to check. Make sure you got, listen, the real one is powerful. Demons tremble at his name. He's the red side, you can tell. And then another way, listen to this. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. Let me just insert something without inserting any names. If you come to America and you claim to have the gospel and the world agrees with you, promotes you, loves you, acknowledges you, adores you, honors you, gives you place, you ain't got the Jesus that I know. I'm just telling you like it is. Folks, that's not the way it happens in the gospels. If the world is for you, there's something wrong in Denmark and in Washington, D.C., and in New York City and in Paris, France, and wherever else. Listen, verse 6, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. Oh, we could go into that. By this you'll know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Oh, boy, I'm not going to go there. But, boy, there's so much stuff. And then number three, another gospel. There is a different gospel, a false gospel. How many of you knew that? Most of you knew that, right? That's why we have to maintain the purity of the gospel. I was asking the Lord this week, God, how will we know we have the real gospel with all these false gospels going around? Can I just tell you, America has been inundated with the false gospel. I'm just telling you, I don't know all the answers. I just, know what he, I just know what the Word says. There are false gospels out there. Anybody in agreement? But how are we going to recognize them? That's the key. Okay, I believe that. I see that. False, another gospel. I don't want it. Tell me how to avoid it. Here's the three words. I asked the Lord. He said, number one, it's a, the real gospel is a gospel of surrender. You're not looking at God as a big Santa Claus a big bless me machine. Much of American Christianity is bless me God, bless me, bless me. Now he does bless us. Absolutely, he blesses us. Blessings overtake us. But God is not Santa Claus, he's God. And the only way to come to him is surrender, not part, but all. Years ago, somebody said this, they said the definition of Lord is boss. I said, that sounds pretty good. You either obey your boss or disobey your boss. You can't cut corners. One of the way. Listen, you obey, you know, you follow, or you don't. It's surrender. Then number two, sacrifice. Sacrifice. If anyone come after me, let him lay down his life. Sacrifice your life daily. Now, I know also there are scriptures that God says in the Old Testament, I don't delight in your sacred assemblies, and you're coming offering these sacrifices to me. He said the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite spirit. Remember that? And that's the way we come to him. It's not about our sacred assembly. That has nothing to do with it. It's our broken heart yielded to him, laying down our life on the altar, dying to self, dying to self will kill you. But it's the only way to eternal life, that's sacrifice, and then service. Remember Matthew 7, one of the ultimate issues, did you do the will of my Father? Remember that? There will be some that will say, man, we cast out demons. We did these great. We prophesied in your name. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. That is going to be a shocker for many. because got and, and those who did not what they thought they should do, but they did the will of the Father. And so there's a false gospel. Then there are false apostles, and we could go into big detail, but let me just tell you what they are. They are deceitful workers. Workers. That means they're working. They're employed. False apostles are employed. And we better know the real ones from the false ones because they transform themselves into angels of light. I'll never forget what Howard Pittman told us. Remember this, Chris. Some of you weren't with us, I mean, this has been an incredible journey for this fellowship. We were in a big warehouse. They sold the warehouse. We had to go back to Jubilee Junction because the first Morningstar Fellowship evidently left something undone. We had to go back there and, and fix it, whatever it was. We don't know, but it was a tough year. It was only like about 40 or 50 of us. I was dying, but I was having a blast. I've been having a blast the whole time. I'm telling because I just, man, I figured I'm not going to, listen, that was for the early part of my ministry. I'm not worrying about that. I'm just going to preach and have fun and then one day go to heaven. I mean, I'm just going for it. So I wasn't worried about the crowd. I never have been. I told God one time, Lord, you can send me to pe- places where there's only one person. I'll go wherever. Nobody else is willing to go. I'll go there. And he heard me, and he sent me to places nobody else wanted to go. <laughs> I, just, I, could, I could tell you the story. Why did you hear me? Don't you know, I, sometimes I ask amiss. But anyway. But I'm, listen, Howard Pittman came to our fellowship over there. Oh, I've got to tell you real quick. We tried to go to a big old Kmart, and we signed a lease. And there were a few people that said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure about that. And I was not really, but we didn't have anywhere to go. We were, they sold the Jubilee Junction. So anyway, we're in this place. Rick did not tell us to finish this. He knew we were going to. He never told us. He wanted us to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. So one day somebody calls me and said, David, you got to come to this Kmart. It's raining inside the Kmart. So I go in and it's raining inside. It's raining. I said, well, this ain't going to work. Nobody's going to come to church in the rain. I mean, they don't come in the rain when it's outside. If it's raining inside, forget it, man. This is going to be no good. So we got out of the lease because of that, remember? We were able to, ah, he let us go. And then God opened the door, and he just said, Moravian Falls. I mean, people spoke it. It just happened, and God finished this upstairs. We're going to finish the downstairs, but it was God. But anyway, Howard Pittman came. He was a preacher. He had this heart attack, and he died. How many of you were there? Were you there some of you guys he died Now he had asked the Lord in the midst of this experience that he had he said oh god give me 15 more years or give me more time Remember Hezekiah Lord do that and he felt like God answered him so he's he has his heart attack he's dying and he said this most beautiful wonderful peaceful voice he'd never heard a voice like this ever while he's in this whatever state of in between comes to him and says let go stop breathing It's okay. Everything is peaceful. Let go. And if he had, he would have died. But all of a sudden, it's like he awoke. He didn't awake, but he awoke in this whatever he was in. And he said, no, no, no. That's not what I asked for. That's not the voice. And anyway, he remembered what he prayed. and He said, no. And he said, at that moment, the darkness came in and left him. It was Satan trying to deceive him at the very last moment of his life. He would have gone to hell. Satan transformed himself as an angel of light, trying to deceive him. Let go, peace, tranquility, all you've ever wanted, JT, right here. Let go. And he could have done it. What are you going to do when you get to that moment? You can let go in, I don't know, whatever state that's in. I just, all I know is you better know his voice. There's, you better know the voice of God. And then there are false brethren, and we saw that. And I'm going to go into detail at another time. Lord's going to have to, he's going to have to take care of, I mean, I'm really encouraged it's his church. How are you going to take care of the false brethren? Lord, because if we try to take care of it, we'll mess it up. Because we may be the false. I mean, we got to, you know, when I see that, I'm thinking, God, make sure I got the real thing. You know, you start pointing around. Remember, one finger goes, Lord, examine my heart, God. That's why I look. Take heed lest you fall. Man, but all kinds of false stuff coming on, we better know the real. Now, how are you going to know the real? Here it is. I'll go into detail another time, but number one, you got to hear the truth. Not everyone in this hour can hear the truth. How do I know that? What did Jesus say? He that has an ear to hear. Do you know why there's a deluding influence and many are falling to that? They do not have ears to hear. Isaiah talks about if they did, they would turn and they would repent. They would, you know, I'll tell you, this is a big subject. But we better have ears to hear. That's why he said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Not a lot of people are going to hear his voice. They'll hear all these other voices and other gospels, but to hear him. And then not only hear, because faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing by the word. But you better, secondly, believe the truth. Hear the truth, believe the truth. Thirdly, walk in the truth. Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And then know the truth. He that, you know, know the who ever knows the truth will be what? You know, I mean, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It not only sets you free, it keeps you free. It keeps you free. And then love the truth. Now, here's where we want to end up. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and this is where I want to close. You guys with me today? I've always, I so thank God that I get to, I would have a hard time planning out a year's worth of messages. They used to tell us that in seminary before Jack Taylor showed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd say, hey, just plan out your year. Go somewhere and plan out you're going to preach on righteousness and faith. And and I never I couldn't figure that out. God, but how do you know he's going to be saying that on that day? Six months from now, how do you know? Preach? You know, but anyway, Jack Taylor, he didn't mess it up. He made it right. He really, he was like uh, the beginning of my mentor to hear the Spirit. And I just so appreciate God letting me preach on things that seem to be happening right now. And if nobody else can hear, I can hear what I'm saying, and I can see. I'm telling you, there are those who do have understanding. They do, and they will be able to have, they'll have a hope, a reason for the hope when the world comes running in our direction. That's how you'll know if you have the real thing or not. When they say, hey, listen, I need a little hope here. Tell me, what do you got in you that's going to help me at this moment? And you'll either say, I got it all. I got Jesus. Or you'll be bankrupt, and you won't have an answer for yourself. But look, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord and our gathering together to him, I ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled by spirit or by word or by letter, as if the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. And how are we going to know him when he shows up? He he will exalt himself above all that's called God. And uh, he'll become the focus, self will become the focus. Anything to take off of Jesus, it'll be another gospel, another spirit. It says, do you not remember? I I was still with you. I told you all this stuff. It's going to happen. Verse 6, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and there's going to be a releasing to that lawless one, but then Jesus will come at the bright. Look in verse 8. Isn't this a glorious? Hey, we should read this together. I don't know what version you have, but if you got verse 8 open, I bet the devil hates hearing this. Listen to this. Stay with me. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume, say consume, with the breath of his mouth and destroy, say destroy, with the brightness of his coming. That's one of the verses probably the devil doesn't like. I like it. Jesus is coming to settle the issue. The coming of the lawless one will come in all lying wonders and signs, unrighteous deception, but here it is. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion and they will believe the lie. And there are folks right now getting ready to believe the lie. Either you're going to believe the truth or the lie. Either you're going to be for him or against him. Either you're going to be in or out. On that fence, you're going to fall one way or the other. You cannot walk on the fence. Jesus will come and knock you over. You're going to have to go one way or the other. One way or the other. And choices made today could very well determine where you spend eternity. So, Lord, we thank you for the word. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. God, this, this is my family. They know I'm just so overwhelmed when you show us stuff out of the word. I'm just so thankful, God. So thankful. God, thank you for using people like us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your word is eternal, everlasting. It will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose. God, I pray that you'd move in the hearts of people right now. God, that you would come and bring salvation. God, there are people that need miracles. I pray, Lord, you said you would back up your servants with signs and wonders following confirming the word. God, I ask you to do that today. God, you're no respecter of persons. If you would raise three people from the dead in Pakistan, God, you would heal cancers. You would heal sugar diabetes. God, I don't care what it is. You are greater. The God that is in us is greater than he that's in this world. And, Lord, I ask you now to restore first love. There's some that have just lost that first love they've been so entangled with the yokes of the world and things about us the cares God I pray this would be a new beginning of obedience to you and then God I pray for people that need revival Lord we're a revival center we there has been a move of God you've sent some of the most incredible people to preach in this pulpit we are blown away by that but God we also know too much is given much is required and so Lord we say yes Thank you for those that came with the word of the Lord. Thank you. But Lord, we want to be now the people of God that rise up and do the will of God on the earth in an hour unlike any other in history. And I pray for that spirit of revival to fall in this place in the name of Jesus. Now, I've got a ministry team. I want those guys, there are just a few of us, come on up, join me, my ministry team. We're going to open up Everybody stand, but some of those guys come on up to the altar. Listen, I believe if any two agree is touching anything, it shall be done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, if you if you have a big need in your life this morning, I don't know what it is, if you will come and let people pray for you, I'm telling you, miracles are going to happen this morning at the altar. How many of you know that's true? I know it's true because our God is not a God that just flippantly Tosses out false promises. His promises are real, aren't they, brother? They're real. He's a real God. He's the living God. And so if you need salvation, you need healing, you need a miracle, you want to just come back and give your heart to Jesus again. If you, man, if you've never been saved, just come on right now. Put on something in there, Joseph. And uh, you guys, let's just have some time around the altar and prayer. But what an amazing morning. Do you have a word? Do you have any words of knowledge? I'm telling you, God uses Susan. Big-time miracles happen. Is anybody dead here? No, there's nobody. But I'm telling you, that could be big. It's going to happen. It's been prophesied. We're going to get in on that. You ready? You ready or not? Here he comes. But anyway, I'm telling you, she has an anointing to pray for the sick. There will be miracles. Lord, we just thank you. Come and let people pray with you you need something maybe it's just a decision you're going through something man lord i need clarity i need wisdom i'm bringing it to the altar laying it at the altar let somebody agree with you prayer in the name of jesus and if you're watching you come just keep we're going to open the altar but if you're watching my web stream you say i don't know jesus i don't know if i know him or not listen man i i want to know him i believe that i'm a sinner I believe Jesus died for me. Can you help me? Well, let me tell you, that's the big part right there. You're calling for help. you got to believe. The Bible says if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died and he rose from the dead, if you'll confess him with your mouth. Now, you also need to come to him. Come to him. Jesus said, come unto me. And so come and say, Lord, I repent. I turn from sin. I turn my life over to you. I receive your sacrifice for me as I come and lay my life down for you. It's the heavenly exchange. If you need a miracle, come, let somebody agree with you. Say, agree with me that God's going to do this in my life, in my family, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus miracles Jesus salvation Jesus if you've lost that first love you say dear God I don't know how to love you again would you fill me with a fresh love Lord if you give me that kind of love then I'll know how God give me the love for you that I once had send fresh fire into my soul he'll do that he'll do that in the name of Jesus